Today on the show, we talk about how the community defines Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Bruce. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> but this time, not with Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to talk about something else that we have loved since childhood, Spider-Man. Yes. And, you know, more specifically, like, um, pretty recently... Uh, Insomniac Games released their sort of, I'd say, soft follow-up to the uh, Marvel Spider-Man game. And this one we got to play exclusively as Miles Morales. And I also got to say that uh, it's really great to see the representation in the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. I enjoyed being able to play not just as Spider-Man, but as, uh, you know, a black slash Afro-Latino Spider-Man and seeing how that kind of goes into his own uh, identity, uh, which we're kind of going to talk about a little bit more in this episode. Yeah. No, I mean, just just like you said, like, it's awesome because as, as you know, two, two black men who play video games a lot, we oftentimes do not get video games that have, like, a, a black lead unless it's... Um, Character creator. Yep. <laughs> Character creator of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 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 those are your those are your two two games where we get to shine. So it's really cool to be able to step into, you know, the shoes of this very strong black protagonist, like who also happens to be one of my all time favorite superheroes. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, no, as you as you know, as you touched on, like the the topic of today's episode, um, is we want to take a look at Miles Morales as a character and the multiple identities that sort of define him as a person, uh, him as Spider-Man, and also really influence his approach to being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Because as we go through the game, you know, you see a lot of similar gameplay, I guess, uh, between the first two, uh, between these two Spider-Man games where you have, you know, Peter Parker as Spider-Man and Miles. But, you know, as we really get into it, we start to see Miles come like really come into being Spider-Man like the way that he wants to do it. And it's much different in certain aspects. And it's also super popular with the uh, citizens of, of uh, Harlem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First of all, I love that, you know, even though Miles is stepping in the footsteps of Peter Parker's Spider-Man, you really start to see as he's kind of let out on his own, He's getting his own identity. He's not just Spider-Man Jr. He is his own Spider-Man. And I think we talked about this before where one of my favorite moments was at uh, the end of the game story where, you know, this newscaster asks, like, who is this Spider-Man? And the guy at the bodega is just like, that's our Spider-Man. Yes. And, like, it just resonated with me and I think a lot of different uh, people who really identify with Spider-Man with Miles Morales Spider-Man because like that's our Spider-Man that's a Spider-Man that represents us and it 
it translates in so many different ways about the just the vindication of such a good game representing you know a non-white character who's like grown up in Harlem. Yeah, and so for for those of you who haven't played the game or haven't picked up a comic or who haven't seen Into the Spider Verse, <laughs> welcome, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, weird place to start but right like, thanks for thanks for choosing lore party as your first stop so we'll try to explain miles morales we'll give you a brief overview but like you know definitely play the game read the comics like learn about the character because he's he's amazing watch the movie it got an academy award yeah oh my god there, there's so much like source material out there for miles morales and it's all good so in the context of like this game universe um we go back to the first game a little bit. Miles Morales is just a a kid from Brooklyn. His mom was a teacher at the time, and his dad was a police officer. And he grows up in New York, you know, being nerdy, hanging out with his best friend Ganky, making beats, uh, play, making video games, playing video games, the whole nine yards. And he's also like a super fan of Spider-Man. So fast forward through the events of the game, Miles actually ends up working at the homeless shelter that uh, Peter's Aunt May works at. And he also ends up helping Spider-Man through a series of events. Um, Eventually, Mary Jane, doing some investigative reporting, accidentally brings back a uh, engineered, like a genetically engineered spider back into Feast. Like Osborn, Oscorp is trying to reverse engineer the spider that I guess bit Spider-Man uh, back then. And it just kind of kind of repeats with Miles Morales at the head there. And, um, you know, he's also struggling with uh, a loss in his family. He loses his father uh, in a suicide bombing orchestrated by Mr. Negative. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll come back to to this in a bit. But one thing about that is like, yeah, his his you know, he he witnessed the death of his dad and he was trying to to save him from, you know, this terrorist organization led by uh Martin Lee, the founder of Feast. And uh, you know, this was all before he even had powers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he you know, he gets these powers. He decides to um unlike Peter when he got his powers, kind of like reach out and confide in someone and the person he ironically chooses to confide in is Peter who has powers. <laughs> so that was like, that was the most lucky part. <laughs> I just love the, my favorite scene was just, I wish it went on further. of just like, Hey Pete, I got something to show you. I don't know if this is like normal or anything. And he just jumps on the ceiling. <laughs> he's like weird. Right. And then Peter just does the same thing and jumps on the ceiling. He's like, no, not that weird. <laughs> I just kind of wanted him to be like, wait, is this puberty? <laughs> this, yeah, do we all do this? Do we all know how to do this? Right. I want to try to jump on the ceiling. <laughs> after I, I've never tried. I've, I'll be honest. After this, after this episode, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I stick. But, you know, after some trial and error and then a little bit of convincing, he Peter agrees to train Miles as a... Uh, you know, to be kind of like a a second Spider-Man. Uh, so, like, there's now there's two Spider-Men patrolling New York City. So that brings us into 
the events of the uh, second game. Right. So Peter Parker is well enough uh, taking him under his wing that he feels comfortable enough that he can go on vacation for the first time since I think ever being Spider-Man for what is it now? Almost a decade, uh, about nine years now. Yeah. And he's like, I, I trust you, Miles. I'm sure you can be able to do right by the Spider-Man mantle. Um, good luck. Call me whenever. And he just leaves him in charge of all of New York. And we just kind of see him in this kind of Home Alone style uh, story where he's just on his own and he's got his wits, his gadgets and everything else to just protect everyone. Yeah. And in true Marvel fashion, everything is just leading up to that point for all the bad guys to just go crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, another fun, fun time in New York. Spider-Man goes on vacation <laughs> just in time for, like, all hell to break loose. <laughs> and, you know, um, what I liked about that setup and, like, you know, Peter, Peter leaving, there was no safety net for Miles. And I think that kind of brings us into one of our first major points in the episode. We see very quickly that there is a huge difference between the way that Peter is Spider-Man and the way that Miles is Spider-Man. Peter, and I've, you know, I actually talked about this when uh, we interviewed Yuri Lowenthal in a different episode, but Peter... Check it out. Yes, check it out. It's a a fun interview. Had a lot of fun doing that one. Um, But Peter is very, like, closed off. And it's very hard for him to trust people and let them in because he's got this, like, overwhelming sense of responsibility that, like, if Spider-Man can't do it, no one can. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing just the stark contrast because with Peter and almost every Peter Parker that you've seen from the big screen to the comics to the video games, but specifically here... Peter himself, not Spider-Man, because he's able to do all of this and almost be everywhere in the city at once. But Peter Parker, his own personal identity, he just comes off as always busy, flaky, not able to really commit to, you know, a set up meeting time. And it's very difficult for him to keep these relationships. And it would be so much easier for these people who he could truly trust his own life in to just think that he's just not really in it for anything and he's just doing something else when he really could have used their help and they could have been able to do that for him. One of the the biggest stark contrasts between the two that we see right away is how they even source crime in the first place. So in the first game, Peter Parker is just um, basically tapping into the frequencies and like police radio towers. So he's he's catching all of the like the dispatch conversations and that's where he knows where a crime is coming in, which you would think foolproof plan. But, you know, when when I look at it from like the perspective of like a minority citizen, there are I definitely know there are (laughs) being a minority citizen and understanding the relationships between um, people of color and the police, especially in this country. Not all crimes get reported because not all people trust the police to actually do the thing that they are expected to do. Right. And, uh, you know, Miles instead uh, with his friend uh, Genki kind of developed this app that is, I, I would say, like more of a grassroots effort uh, of a kind of community 
hey, if you've got a problem, sign into this app and ask us to help out. Yeah. And it's like, like what a what a cool idea. I mean, it's like having like a DoorDash. <laughs> for... <laughs> DoorDash. Because <Spider> <laughs> like he's taking requests. He's doing everything. Like to his credit, Miles doesn't need to do half of the stuff he's doing for this app, but he's like really going out and actually taking like he he's taking this this time to help people. So there's you we can already see like there's a different perspective. There's a there's a difference in like what is helping people between the two. And this isn't to put Peter Spider-Man down, but like Peter Spider-Man is like I've been fighting supervillains and punching out criminals. So like that's me getting like these police radio signals. It's like I'm going to punch out some criminals. Where Miles might be doing that too, but sometimes it's like help. I can't find my cat or like, Hey, you want to take a selfie with me? Or even in one instance, J Jonah Jameson ordered food in the <laughs> app <laughs> and then miles brought it to him. <laughs> like, like, you know, obviously, Hey, maybe don't gum up the, uh, the crime app with the food request or like selfie request, but it's cool to know that there is a Spider-Man in Harlem that will literally swing in to help you if you lose your cat or if like you can't find your cell phone or if you just witness something that is it's not quite community policing but he he is interacting with his community in a way that is so natural and so just like face to face you can trust him a little bit more yeah and i think what i like about both of these kind of approaches is that they're still very much in the Spider-Man brand where Peter Parker's Spider-Man is doing this out of the goodness of his heart. And he's like, you know, looking for the police scanners. He's working with uh, Yuri and then he just goes off. He gives her the credit and all of that. And then on the same side of that coin, you got Miles going through this app, just like rate us and review us. And that's it. And his friend Genki's like, oh, we could totally just like put in ads for this and make you know, buku bucks. And he's just like, no, this is free. We are always going to make it free. We are not going to take a cent because of this. And he's like, fine, fine. But like, just remember, we could be like swimming in cash. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's just, <laughs> it's the same, it's the same energy, but just in completely different approaches. Right. Like, I think it's, it's one of those things where in, in this instance, it's the fact that like the citizens are the ones that are, are putting in these requests and there's not that like middleman of the police. Cause if you don't, right. if you're not on friendliest terms with the police, which, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you might not want to use the police to get to Spider-Man or even worse, you might start to view Spider-Man as being an extension of the police. So it's like, you know, whatever negative connotation, negative stigmas that, that, um, you may have may bleed over into Spider-Man, which is totally understandable. And, and, you know, like part of it is, is Peter and Miles both experienced like a traumatic defining moment that really pushed them forward. Oh yeah. On Peter's end, you know, we've all seen the uncle Ben tragedy several times. That is a driving force. But in, from Peter's perspective, it's like, damn, I could have done something and I chose not to. And like, I paid the price for this. So I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. 
not to say that he's a bad person, but like his his whole motivations are wholly reactionary to his own actions. I don't think he was raised wrong. I just think that he, in this instance, fashioned his whole identity and his motivations after this moment and this error of judgment, which is good. Like he's learning from his mistakes, but it's just in such a different light than Miles's coping of trauma. Right. Miles, on the other hand, had um, the event that we see in Mar- Marvel Spider-Man game. Um, it was his father was getting the award. You know, they had the Martin for, Lee for helping out with Spider-Man. Yeah. They were uh, helping him take down the uh, inner demons. And then as he was receiving an award from uh, Mayor Osborne, Martin Lee let loose his uh, Mr. Negative terrorist attack. And these guys blew themselves up. And his dad tried to save as many you know police officers and people as he could. And he was caught in the blast and uh, ultimately killed. And, you know, Miles, like we, we mentioned earlier in the episode, Miles actually... He had no qualms about trying to help his dad despite having no powers and no abilities whatsoever. So it's the very small difference between, you know, with these with these two different, um, you know, events in their lives. But I think we see for Miles, he kind of takes this. um, I'm going to do my best to to help as many people as I possibly can no matter what the cause where Peter, you get a similar thing, but it's more of like, like the end result for Peter is like, if I don't do this, bad things will happen where I feel like miles is still just like, I'm just here to help regardless. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I have superpowers or not. I need to do what I can to help those in need. All right. We're going to keep this conversation going, but first a quick break. Hey everyone. I'm Abu. And I'm Leo. And we're here to tell you about Gamjabar, our brand new podcast all about Dune. Gamjabar is your guide to Frank Herbert's massive sci-fi universe. We'll be exploring the, the themes, philosophies, and characters found in everything from Frank's iconic novels to the adaptations on film and TV. And here's the thing. We do spoiler-filled deep dives as well as introductory non-spoiler episodes. So there's something for everyone. You know, look, Dune is complicated. There are crazy words like like Mintats, like Tleilaxu, and of course, Gom Jabbar. Our goal is to help you understand these words and many more that we can't pronounce. <laughs> it's a theme. Uh, so find Gom Jabbar on your favorite podcast platform. We can't wait to share our love of the Dune universe, and we'll see you on the Golden Path. You know, Miles has this whole, I mean, his was almost so abstract in a way where it wasn't just this lone gunman killing his dad. It was, you know, his father died sacrificing his life to save others from a huge explosion that was caused by the fallout of like a supervillain and the mayor and all this crazy stuff. And it's just, he's more, I feel like, focusing on what can I do to just make the world better so the world doesn't happen like that again. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I think he's taking it one one uh one person at a time. That's actually a good segue into our next point because you know, we see Miles and Peter are both like, you know, New York's Spider-Man. Um 
while Peter is like very popular amongst the citizens of New York, it's like, you know, we all know Spider-Man. He is our protector as New York residents. Whereas Miles is also like, hey, that's the other Spider-Man, the other guy that's here to protect us. But it especially holds true in Harlem because like he the way he interacts with the community because that's his home and he's not afraid to say it although you know like i'd i'd kind of worry about it for secret identity purposes but <laughs> yeah but he's he's you know he's he's very vocal and open about that um he's like you know this is my home too and and like one of one of our our first examples of of how he interacts with the community and, you know, how that defines him as Spider-Man is uh, the local artist, uh, Haley, that you run into at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, and I, I know what you're talking about, where <laughs> if he really wants to, like, make sure that he doesn't get his secret identity blown out, maybe not be like, hey, you're going to draw the other Spider-Man who's <laughs> really cool and he's, like, great at calculus. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But like, you know, he he runs into her and uh, he he runs into her as Miles and um, uh, Haley is uh, hearing impaired and he knows um, he knows ASL. So he can he talks to her, you know, just easily transitions into the conversation. You know, as Miles, he's kind of a dork. <laughs> so he, he gets caught up. In, <laughs> he gets caught up. Uh, but, you know, later they find out that Haley has information about some criminal activity from Wilson Fisk's men. And you meet her as Spider-Man. You have this like really down to earth conversation. And there was a part in that conversation that really stood out to me. If we were looking at a difference between, you know, if we're, we're taking a look at how Spider-Man or how, how Miles is Spider-Man is a little bit different than Peter Spider-Man because she tells you, yeah, I followed these two uh, guys down to the docks and I saw what they were doing. And he's like, that's dangerous, but brave, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Cause he's like, all right, you do you, I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to like where where Peter would have been like, ah, <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. Like, why would you do that? You can't do anything. And like without meaning to that just the distance that he puts between himself and others, it's like might come off offensive. You can't put yourself in danger. You'll die just like my uncle. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. It's like he projects that on everybody. And, and miles of miles's approach to it is like, you know, Hey, that is dangerous. You should know that, but like also good job. That's super brave. And you know, they just have this conversation. So later she contacts Genki because Wilson Fisk's men are attacking this King's Day parade or a King's Day festival that she is coordinating. And Miles rushes right over there as Spider-Man and he trusts her to get all of the citizens to safety. Whereas like Peter Parker may have unnecessarily taken that additional responsibility into his own hands. Or it was like, I got to protect these citizens. I got to beat up the bad guys. Uh, he treats them as, as though they can obviously be able to hold up uh, hold up their own uh, in these situations, even though they don't have superpowers and they're going against people who do have either like very dangerous super gadgets or are super villains, as long as they know that they can at least help from a distance. Miles allows that where I don't think Peter Parker would. Right. And, you know, I like just speaking from 
like the perspective of the black community, as you know, like one thing that is super important and like uh, culturally ingrained is is like, you know, the concept of kin and family. Harlem in the community operates like like a family, you know. Um, yeah, because they've faced so much adversity, uh, Harlem and a lot of the, you know, people of color, members of the community have faced a lot of problems being pushed around. It's always important to kind of have that culture to survive where it's just, you know, we look out for each other. We fight not only for ourselves, but those around us. Uh, it's just, I, I feel, is a, a community that's very used to helping one another in times of uh, danger that I think is somewhat different than what Peter Parker might have grown up in. Right. And like, and, and that's something that like Miles like exudes as Spider-Man. It's this concept of like, we are all in this together. So he, you know, he goes and he helps them, you know, get rid of these criminals. And then at the very end, they have this conversation and she says to him, she's like, you know, I've lived in New York my entire life. There's always been a Spider-Man out here, like protecting the city. But this is the first time I felt like there was a Spider-Man that cared about me and my home. And his response was, well, this is my home, too. Like, you can't get any better than that. Yeah. There's no way I would I, I could trust anybody any like, like you know, like I, I would have so much trust in someone that's like that. Not that I wouldn't, you know, not that I'm. I'm pooing on Peter at all. It's just like, that is such a um, eye-to-eye perspective. It feels so good to know that somebody cares about us, along with everything else that comes with being Spider-Man. And you're like, hey, this is my home too. Of course I do. Anytime you need help, let me know. Like, he is very much a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I really enjoy that. I love seeing him talk to the community and talk to people in a, in such a different way than Peter Parker, where he he's just at this point, at least in his life, like eight years going on Spider-Man. Peter Parker is this larger than life character. Can't stay long. Gotta go. I'm going to be in Midtown in like two minutes and then I'm going to you know, the financial district, and then I'm going back up to Harlem, and he's just there for just a little bit. But here you see Miles' Spider-Man stick around a little bit longer in Harlem than he does in other places because he wants to show that he has that representation, that he's got their back, and it shows. It really shows. Right. And I think there's, like, a good sort of, like, a balance of depending on each other like harlem can depend on spider-man as much as spider-man can depend on harlem yes yes it's that partnership it's that clear equality of hey i'm here i'm gonna help you up then they are just like yeah us too yeah and i and i, and I love it and i think like we see that too in um or we look at miles and uh danica working together to like work on this real crime podcast together yeah, this is I, this is really interesting, and I loved when this first opened up. Where uh, in the first Spider-Man game, Peter Parker 
has almost constantly since J. Jonah Jameson left the Daily Bugle to start his own podcast, has just been listening to on his way being Spider-Man, listening to <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson, quite possibly the man who hates Spider-Man more than any rogues gallery of supervillains have ever been able to <laughs> articulate <laughs> at all times. And then, you know, he's like, oh, well, Miles wants to listen to this too, I'm sure. And <laughs> um, when he gives him like his pre-made suit as he goes out on his patrol, uh, Miles is just like, oh, this is, this is awful. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this middle-aged man just talking shit about me. While I'm swinging through the city, let me go and try and find something better. And he just finds this really nice uh, podcast girl, Danica, who just talks about the community. She talks very positively, and it helps him get into a more positive mindset, which is a great difference that we see between these two. Where, again, we talk about how Peter Parker is very in his own head. He's very negative in his own critiques of himself. But then we see Miles is just trying to look outward and positively in the world. Right. And I think it's, it's <laughs> comparing those two, comparing Danica and J. Jonah Jameson cracks me up because it's like, hey, you know, hey, Siri, read me uh, all of Donald Trump's tweets in my <laughs> in my suit as I as I swing by. And you know what? Here's the added bonus. They're all about me. Oh, great. <laughs> Where. Like you get some Lawrence's beats are so flat. (laughs) They could not even be able to get a grandmother out of her chair. (laughs) Like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to just like hurt yourself like that? Such like, just like, are you like a masochist or something? Like, why are you listening to this radio station? (laughs) This is horrible. But then you get Danica. And what I, what I love about Danica, it's like very strong. You get, you know, very strong, like AOC vibes from her. Mm, mm. She's absolutely she is just taking her citizenship test also like throughout the course of the game. And she, you know, she comments on it like, you know, hey, I'm 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 actually going down, going down to take my citizenship test. I got to learn all this stuff. And she's like talks about like I, I've got I've got a lot of um I've got a lot of friends and even I have um a, a family member of mine who just actually passed a citizenship test. And, hey, congrats. And like I I know the the amount of work that it takes to that goes into there and like a lot of the stuff that you know they make people uh, who are coming into this country as as uh, permanent citizens learn. Like she talks about and speaks to those troubles in it but is also also very lighthearted about it. She's cuz she's like super excited to be here and I and I I loved her perspective on things throughout throughout the entire game because she took a very lighthearted approach to some like dark topics. Like she was working on this true crimes podcast and she was really trying to expose this criminal activity that was hurting Harlem. And she never like lost her light doing that. It was always about like making sure that Harlem has the, you know, citizens of Harlem or who's ever viewing this podcast, they get the right information. They don't get like a watered down news media version that like, you, you know, puts the blame on the wrong person or, you know, does, isn't telling the full story, which is like something that the citizens deserved. And so like working with her was so, so much fun because you're fighting these criminals. She's giving you information that she dug up 
And then you're like doing some investigating while you're there and you're giving her all this information that she can then go and report out to, you know, the people. Whereas like, and I don't want this, <laughs> I know that we keep being like, we don't want Peter to look bad. And I don't want this episode to <laughs> seem like this is why Miles Morales is the best Spider-Man and, and Peter is, is garbage. It's just like, it's, it's two different perspectives on, you know, protecting, protecting the community and, and like say what you want. Life experiences do come into play with, with some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest here and I don't know, like maybe this is just like our own upbringing or like our own philosophies, uh, just from a similar background, but just, I, in the first game didn't, I, I didn't really wait around. Like whenever I heard the, uh, J Jonas Jameson, podcast i would like get into a fight and i was like okay yeah let's let's just gloss over this <laughs> i found myself just stopping as i'm like nearing a quest marker to just sit on a rooftop and listen to the rest of danica's podcast because it was just so good and i really enjoyed it and it was just very interesting for me to like realize like wow i really like i wanted to hear this more of just like someone just not dragging spider-man through dog shit as i'm like swinging through the city and again it's just i think it's because of the trauma of him losing his uncle because of his mistakes he likes to dwell on that and just to make sure that he's grounded and i personally think that he needs therapy i think that alone but i think he's just going through so much stuff and it makes him a very compelling character like i cannot stress this enough we're not trying to say that Peter Parker is like a bad Spider-Man. He is the OG and he always will be. Uh, but to my own perspective, uh, he just comes from a different culture, a different generation where, you know, it, he feels very Gen X uh, in the way that he kind of treats himself and treats his motivations where I kind of see Miles as more of a, young millennial even like gen z zoomer kind of kid uh -oh. doing his uh his tiktok dances oh my god he would totally have a tiktok he, he did have a cool dance at the very end i was like <laughs> he did he did, he was getting down there at the very end i i, I loved it like uh, you know <laughs> not not going his little into, samba dance yeah like I, I was like you know it's it's cool to see that he embraces all all facets of his culture, of his different identities, you know, whether that's, you know, black Puerto Rican being a superhero, like, ev you know, everything. And I also think miles represents a definite positive shift in diversity in comics being both black, both Puerto Rican, uh, black and Puerto Rican. I mean, uh, you know, he has the perspective of both of those different cultures you know, and and the many like small parts of that, and then he's also had he also has a very diverse group of friends. You're you're getting these you're getting perspectives from a lot of different types of people. Him in the Spider-Man costume is not very different from him just walking down the street. It is very authentically Miles. Where I would say, if we take a look at like Peter Parker it was probably he learned more of this as he was Spider-Man, you know, as he was, you know, he was helping these different citizens throughout the city. I don't think he had a very, like, he probably didn't have as much of a diverse perspective 
like not to say that Peter's not kind or anything. It's just like he's probably exposed to more different types of people as Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Than he was as Peter Parker originally. I agree with that completely. I mean, and I'm sorry, he also grew up with his friend, you know, Harry Osborn, whose dad was the richest man in New York City. <laughs> and the biggest and asshole. Then be- <laughs> and then became mayor. Like, like that's that's got – and I'm sorry, but, like, I don't know if a lot of affluent, influential people go to the same school as, you know, a very diverse part of the community. I think you're kind of there because you're in some way privileged and – um. And, you know, let, let, let's talk about Peter's connections here, because I think that Peter and Miles's connections show who they are from the inside out. Peter's connections from with people comes from people who are ones who he either can protect or ones he can't protect. Uh, and that's not exactly how he treats them, but how he views them in many, many different ways. Miles's connections come from people who have always protected each other and protected or healed others. And you can see that and you can see how he views those people and new people who he makes connections with in that light where it's just like, hey, I'm here to help you, but you are here just as enough to protect me, just like Haley. Definitely. And you see that like the citizens of Harlem protected his identity. Exactly. Yeah, they they made sure that it didn't end up known all across, like, known, wasn't put on the news and, like, everybody across the world knew that this kid is Spider-Man. Right. So, as we kind of wrap up this discussion, like, what would you say your final thoughts are as, like, how Miles takes up this new position as, you know, the Spider-Man of Harlem and, of course, New York City? I would say that. What I what I really appreciate about Spider Miles is this new Spider Man is he does bring this like very new and modern approach to being a superhero and some of these like unwritten rules of being a superhero where like you have to put on a mask and be an entirely different person like you completely separate this aspect of your life from your own identity whereas Miles. It's it is very much intertwined with who he is as a person. He is the same, you know, nerdy, curious goofball that he is as Spider-Man and in his regular life. Like, you know, it's like he doesn't have to put on this whole persona. It's just like I am Spider-Man. I live in Harlem. I love Harlem. I, I also I'm a citizen of New York. I love these people and I'll do what I can to protect them. And I and I think like that is what will ultimately make him successful. And I also feel like Peter will can learn this from him too. But what about you? What are your thoughts? I love what he's doing and the changes he's making to be his own Spider-Man. But I also think that there may be some more changes down the line of this Spider-Man as he grows older as bigger mistakes are made. And I don't know where that's going to lead because, you know, at least for this rendition of Spider-Man in the video game, like there's always room for him to grow. He's found a great place to start. And I think that he's going to go so much further uh, because he had such a great place to start. Yes, 100%. 
Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Check out our YouTube page for bonus videos and highlights. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.